It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being with us today. My name is Mike Bernard. I am one of the CFPs on the show and also your host. Here with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and friends, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Well, as we celebrate 2019 and look to the year ahead, what do you want 2020 to look like? We would argue that your short-term goals that you set should really be in alignment with the vision that you have for your ideal life, something that we call your primary aim in life. So today we're going to define that term, help you identify your primary aim, and then help you set the right financial goals for 2020. That's on this hour of Wise Money. That's right. We've got some great questions from fans of the show. One emailed in, one texted in. If you've got a question, we'd love to address it on an upcoming show and help you out. Uh, you can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. There's a spot to submit a question right there on the right. You can call or, call or text, excuse me, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, where there are two, you can submit questions there as well. Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. You can reach us there and submit your question that way also. Okay. Well, let me be the first to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. I hope you've had a marvelous 2019 and you're looking forward to a great 2020. And with that in mind, let me also be the first to tell you, uh, we're hoping today to help you get crystal clear clarity on 2020 vision for 2020. Uh, My guess is that pun is going to be just, you're going to be so sick of it. So I'm going to get you sick of it before 2020 is even here. I see what you did there. Yes, yes. Well, (laughs) your vision for 2020, see what I did there, uh, needs to fit into a larger vision, like Josh said, that is what you want to achieve in your life, what your overall primary aim is. This whole concept comes from one of our favorite books at KFG, one of our favorite books, the, the three of us, called The E-Myth Revisited, although most people just call it The E-Myth, by a guy named Michael Gerber. And this whole idea, instead of you know goals and so on, it's living an intentional life towards your primary aim. So guys, how would you explain primary aim and help someone uncover that vision? Yeah, this is one of my favorite questions to ask brand new folks who come to our office looking for help in their financial life. And I always warn them that it's probably the most intimate question that we could ask someone because it it really gets straight to the heart of what they want for their life and who, who it is that they're trying to become. So I try to ask it the exact same way that Michael Gerber asks it. You know, he, he defines primary aim as that person that you're becoming um, what you want to experience in life, uh, what you want to achieve, that sort of thing, kind of the, the big overarching description of what your life would be like after it's too late to change anything about your life. Yeah, that's the, that's the tough part. Yeah. It, you know, the, the most emotional way that I've ever heard this question asked, and it, it really does bring tears uh, mm-hmm. to people's eyes when you ask, uh, if you could observe your own funeral, what right. would you want to hear people saying? Right. right? And it's, 
it's fun. I, I feel like it's one of our great honors to find out what people think of when you don't give them much time to to uh, you know sit and ponder or or deliberate on this. But uh, when they start coming up with what they want their life to be all about, um, it gets me excited. It, that that makes me want to serve them even better. Mm. So yeah, the thing that I like most about the new year is it feels like it's it's time for a fresh start. So any anything bad from the last year, you can kind of just flush it and start over. And um, whether you've started a bad habit or you've started a bad behavior uh, or pattern or you've struggled with some things financially or in your family, whatever it is, and you can reassess. And usually around the holidays, you have contemplative time. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's really important to do some sort of – I mean, this really is a visioning exercise. Right. Yeah. So you're you're saying, hey, you know, what, what do I want in my life? What don't I want in my life? How do I want my life to be on a day-to-day basis? Knowing that you're – it's your beliefs. Out of your beliefs spring your behavior. And if you're not satisfied with your behavior, working on behavior modification is seldom successful. Which is why we're taking it, which is why we're starting this show talking about your primary aim. Because most people approach their goals or resolutions for the next year just on some behaviors. Well, I'm going to start working out or I'm going to stop eating this or whatever. And no, you've got to have a higher vision for your life, your primary aim. Jordan Peterson, this is a, a program I haven't started yet. I've been kicking it around, but he's he was involved in starting the self-authoring program, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a very similar thing. It's really what's your ideal future and, uh, and, and how would you write your own story? And that then informs how you live out your day-to-day. Exactly. And by its nature, it's aspirational, right? This is who you want to become. Not it's not always a perfect picture of who you are today, but if if you never pause and think about what you want to be different in your life, how you want your life to be better, then you real you really will just stay in the same rut. Inertia is a very real thing in people's lives, hmm. not just their financial lives, but behaviorally as well. So I would tell you, you, you we we just threw out some really quick. Um, if you're taking notes or or we're looking for some action items, number one, grab the Emith Revisited book. If you've ever thought about starting a business or you run a small business or you've got a side hustle or you just love business books, grab the Emith Revisited and put that on your reading list for next year. Two, check out Jordan Peterson's self-authoring program. Um, I, again, I, I've looked into it. I haven't done it yet, but um, if and. And then spend some contemplated time talking and thinking about your vision for your life. Do all of that stuff before you set some goals for this next year because you've really got to have your goals fit into that higher vision. And it's that higher vision that will change your beliefs that will help you have the right behaviors to get the right result. Yeah. And this this would be uh, possibly a great day if you had a little time to sit and think and and Mike, you're talking about self-authoring and say, as I look at the story of my life, am I satisfied with it? And if I'm not, what should I do? Now, the bummer is at that point, most people start start some sort of downward spiral and start beating themselves up and all kinds of negative self-talk and all this stuff. And I say, no, 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 no. This is up to this point. All the things that have happened have helped you learn 
what works and what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And this would be a time to make sure you're capturing, okay, when I do this, it works. When I do this, it doesn't work. So I need to focus on the things that work and take any kind of energy that I might have, any kind of negative energy or energy to beat myself up or or be discouraged and put that towards a a positive future uh, in 2020. So Josh, as you've talked to clients about primary aim, you know, what are maybe some examples to help get some some people's um, brain working here and get creative? So what are some examples and and what do you do when someone's sort of stuck or maybe stunned by that question? Yeah, I, I try to stall as I'm asking that question to give them some time to, to think. But most people come up with something and the things that first come out of their mind, their mouths are things uh, related to the relationships in their lives. That, that seems to be a common thread uh, running through all the different primary aims that I get to hear from people. You know, it's I, I want to be remembered as a dad who sacrificed and really provided or, uh, you know, a mom who was always there and, and loving and caring, a friend who was just dependable at all times. I want, I want to be remembered as generous or kind or wise or, you know, fill in the blank. It's often character traits, right? And quite often, uh, you know, many of the, the clients that we serve, um, their faith is very important to them. And so uh, their relationship with God or um, you, you know, some element about their, their life uh, at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes out when, again, you're sharing something that is as personal as you could really imagine. And our, our goal is that the financial decisions that you make in your life, the resources that you're managing can be aligned with that primary aim. Your goals should help facilitate the primary aim and really drive you towards what that ideal future is for yourself. Otherwise, what's the point? Right. Right. And right. so this is why we're elevating the discussion today. As everyone's talking about resolutions and goals and all that sort of stuff, you got to start with how you want your life to um, to look. And that then helps you set your goals. So then how do you set goals once you've done that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about next, our goal planning process, and then some potential financial goals that you should consider. So that and more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What's your primary aim in life? What do you want your life to really be about? Now is a great time to be thinking about that. And you got to think about that first before you set any resolutions or goals. You've got to do that introspection to look at what you really want your life to be like. And then you got to set the right goals. We're talking about that today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KF2 studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Thank you to the attorneys at South Bank Legal and First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. And let me remind you to stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Go to uh, wisemoneyradio.com or wherever you're at on social media, we're there too. Just search the Wise Money Show. All right. So you've done the hard work, the emotional and maybe uncomfortable work of looking ahead at your life and thinking, what do I really want it to be about? What do I want people to say about me? when I pass and you work your way back to say, well, in order for someone to ever say that about me, 
I'm going to have to lead this sort of life. That all works on your beliefs. Okay, so you've worked your way back and you said, okay, well, now what do I need to do? Well, now now it's time to do something. Set some goals, set some targets. And um, we've got a process that we take people through here at KFG. If uh, if you're not a client, then uh, here's, here's what we do. Josh, why don't you start laying out that process? Well, I think it's important to, to pause and recognize also that a goal-setting process is really part of the overall financial planning process, right? This fits in the process of you planning your financial life. And to me, th- there's maybe a little bit of preliminary work that you would do before you just start writing goals, and that is taking an honest assessment of where you're at financially right now. Uh, we, we call that your present financial position. It's one of the six areas that you hear us talking about all the time on this show. But this is really where we, we examine two financial statements in our clients' lives, and I would encourage you to make sure you have these in place too. It's a balance sheet and a cash flow statement. Okay, the balance sheet is just a snapshot of where you're at right now, and the cash flow statement is looking at the, the money flowing into your hands and where it's going after it's in your hands. Does it leave to go towards living expenses, or are you able to capture it for these goals that we're talking about? Yeah, hard to really set goals without really knowing where you stand. Stephen Covey says uh, there's four steps to trying to achieve any goal. I mean, you have a four-step plan, and the first is, where are you today? Right. The second is, where do you want to go? The third is, how do you get there? And then the fourth is monitoring your progress. But it's got to start with, where are you today? Exactly. And we just think that these financial statements put it in black and white so you can be honest about that. But that allows you to to kind of look at your financial life and say, what do I want more of in my life? What do I want to be better in my life? What should be different? That's a nice way of saying I, I want some things to go away or change. And then also, what what should stay the same? What should never change in your financial life? Because it's it's that good. That uh, assessment gives you the the ability or the creativity to start recognizing now what goals should I start writing down. Mm-hmm. That really is the first step then in the goal writing process or the goal setting process. I want you to write down every single goal that you can think of. And I, I want you to do this if you're married, to do it separately from your spouse. So this is your creativity when you picture your life what are all the things that you would want to achieve? Get them down on paper. Start in 2020 with a fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fight comes later. Oh, okay. Okay. Don't jump too far ahead, Mike. <laughs> all right. So, you, so, so you, you do a brain dump there. You get everything out in writing so that you can actually see it. It's sort of made tangible, visible. But, but let's talk about some creative ways to brainstorm those types of ideas. I mean, some people you were describing at our break – uh, a, a client of yours who passed away tragically, but uh, at the viewing, you got to see many of their financial goals in photographs. That's right. right? That's right. You saw them on display. M- many people think of the bucket list type items, right? The things, oh, I've always wanted to achieve or I've always wanted to experience. There might be some really pressing needs that you need to achieve in your life. When you look at your balance sheet, you might see some vulnerabilities that you want to shore up, maybe some debt that needs to go away. Um, or, or maybe some areas that you want to strengthen even more, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you look at your emergency fund or your education savings, that sort of thing. I want you not only dreaming way down the road, but also 
the the immediate pressing needs right in front of you. But get it all down on paper. That's the point. Mm-hmm. First step is get a, a complete list of your goals. The second step, if you're married and you're you're doing this exercise with your spouse, would be to combine your list with your spouse. And, and hold all judgment at that time, right? You just make one comprehensive full list. Exactly. Yeah. And many of the items are going to be the same, right? Hopefully. But your spouse has a few things that maybe they thought of that you didn't. Maybe you agree with them, maybe not. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Every goal gets on the master list together at this stage. Okay? Got it. Then, now we're going back to private exercise individually, separately if you're married. Next step is the hard one. And this is where you really want to take some time and begin to prioritize the goals. So literally, we want you to rank them in order of most important to least important, uh, starting with the question, if you could only achieve one of the goals on this combined master list, which one would you choose? If, if every other goal was going to be failed or missed or never achieved, what's the one that you will win at? Mm-hmm. And that gets a one next to it. And then you ask the same question again. If I could only achieve one more goal, that would be number two. And you work your way all the way down one through 20 or whatever the, the master list number was. You're coming up with your personal prioritization. You're doing this separate from your spouse that you're not really influencing each other. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is this is a fun part of the exercise, but it's it's difficult to to stop and think because a lot of people um, they fall into the temptation of saying, "Well, I need to rank as number one the thing that seems most immediate," or "We're going to be coming to this life stage first. Don't do it that way. Rank it on what is most important to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. Here's where the fight happens. <laughs> no, not really. Actually, I've never, ever seen an argument break out at this next stage. But it's the one where you show vulnerability. It's in the car on the way home, Josh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here, here's how, here's uh, where you go next. You merge the rankings together by averaging your scores. I mean, this is just a, it's a, it's an objective way to compromise. Because if your number one was your spouse's number five, then they're going to average to be in the middle of that. And that's what it is. Like I, I like how you didn't do I'm the math. I'm not doing the math it's on three, the radio. Mike. Come on. Um, and, uh, but you're, you're, um, you're objectively saying that's where it stands between us. And three might actually be the lowest number of the combined average. That's so exactly it right. actually might be the first goal you achieve. That's right. That's yeah. right. So when you have averaged all the scores, um, you know, previously each of you had a number one, each of you had a number two and three and so on. Now you have a combined average score and you go back and you reorder them based on the lowest combined average score to the highest. Mm-hmm. And there may be some ties at this point. And this is where you begin having some discussion about, well, why was this one more important to you uh, versus this other one? And for many couples, this is one of the few opportunities that they get to actually sit down and compare notes, right? They, they get to share, here's why that feels so important to me right now. You know, that emergency fund, I, I just saw mom and dad really struggle in their financial life, and it's because they didn't have cash on hand when a crisis came up. I don't want that to be me. So maybe there's a little bit of fear there. Um, but the, the point is, is that you have a discussion and you agree together on what the order is going to be based on your combined values. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
This also, by the way, if I can make a shameless plug, if there was ever a reason to make sure that you have a coach who's guiding you through these types of discussions, it's not just the whole financial planning process that uh, really warrants having a guide. It's these types of hard conversations that truly do set the direction of your financial life and hopefully get your finances fully in alignment with that primary aim we talked about. I was actually, yeah. I, so, so resist the temptation to do this alone without a coach. But then certainly, even if you tried to, to tackle this, it's really the next couple steps that if you don't have a CFP with you in the room to sort of architect, well, how are you going to achieve those? How many of those can realistically be um, be sought after at any one time? I, you're probably going to break down at that point. Um, but you want your financial advisor in with those discussions because you want to make sure that they have the same agenda as you. Right. Ooh, there's a lot more to hit with this goal planning <laughs> process. So that and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. a great process for setting goals each year so that you can achieve the right things in your life so that you can live the right life. That's what we're talking about today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. As always, we want to thank our sponsors. We've got great ones. Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thank you very much. As well as Diane Bennett and her inspired homes team of realtors. Thank you for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. If you're not listening on the YouTube channel, you got to go there. Why? Because there's a lot of bonus content while we're on breaks for the radio show. And it was it's just been very rich. We're halfway through the program, but already the two breaks, the, the um, bonus content's been very rich. So get there on YouTube. Just search the Wise Money Show. Make sure you subscribe to it and hit that bell so you're notified and you can Hit thumbs up, thumbs down. You can share easily, leave comments, all that sort of stuff. Okay, so we're sort of wrapping up, putting the final stages on the steps needed to make sure your finances are aligned towards the right goals to help you live the right life. So, Josh, how would you recap or really what's left in the process here? Well, just to quickly recap, we said that the process we walk clients through is to start with you writing down all the goals that you can dream up. We gave some suggestions on how to, to spark that creativity in your life. But then to combine your list with your spouse so you have one master list and then separately go rank them in order of priority, one through number whatever. Um, and then to come back together and average your scores so that you can really um, get both of your opinions on the same page, yeah. right? And when, when you've averaged your scores and now rank them in order, now we have a prioritized list, one through whatever, and the order that you agree together with your spouse that you believe that you want to go tackle these. Now they need to get more specific, though. Yep. Um, this is where you start to the, do the hard work of financial planning to quantify the goal. You know, uh, you get more specific. Don't just say, I want to get a new minivan. Well, what, what's the price tag that you're going to have for that minivan? Or mm -hmm. I want to have an emergency fund. Well, what, what does done look like on that goal? 
How will we know that we can move on to a, to a different one? Uh, so quantifying the goal and setting some sort of, of deadlines um, f- for yourself, I think, would be the next step. And uh, this, is, this is also, by the way, kind of the nuts and bolts part of financial planning that many people think of. It's starting to direct the resources to those goals. So the, the next step then is implementation. And you begin saving a certain amount each month towards that education goal, or you increase your 401k contributions or, or whatever. But um, all along the way, we've said that it's, it's wise to have a coach who's guiding you through that process, not just because they may know which kind of tools to use to save for the goal or, or which investments to select, that kind of thing. But if, if we just acknowledge for a moment that this is really hard stuff, this is when, when you're talking about the emotional side and the values side of setting goals, it's very possible that this is one of the key places that in, in many relationships, it can be a source of conflict yeah. because you have different values and attitudes and beliefs. You, you come from different experiences than your spouse. And so therefore you might see the order or, or what you're trying to achieve in your financial life differently than your spouse. And a coach can help you find the common ground. And I'll, I'll just encourage you with this. In all the years that we've been helping clients set these types of goals and achieve them over time, the most common surprise that I hear from many spouses is that they were more on the same page than they ever guessed. Their lists were more common and more in aligned than maybe they realized. And it, it allows them to kind of get past some of the potential conflict and realize that, you know what, we're on the same page here. We're trying to achieve, achieve the same life together and it works better when we're pulling in the same direction. Yeah. And having your financial advisor along the way through this entire process, I mean, number one, does that process that we shared sound like a better process than what you're using right now? Number, number two, if you do that process with your financial advisor, your financial planner, that's how you make sure that their agenda is also your agenda because that's now the measuring stick. Are we achieving these goals? And then third, what I've seen from a lot of people is we've got these goals and they're too heavy. I can't hold all these goals at one time. Hmm. How in the world do we start? Which one do we go after? And because I don't know, I'm not really going after any. Yeah. And your financial advisor, I mean, that, that prioritizing process you mentioned, Josh, will help. But then also you got to quantify how many of these can you start attacking at any one time. Right. And a goal list, typically it's, you know, 15 to 20 that's up there on the list. And I don't know, you can usually tackle three, maybe two to three at one time, but you set some deadlines. And often in that list, you'll find that, well, by accomplishing this one, that will accomplish this one too. And you're able to really condense that list and get a lot of momentum just from this discussion and a plan to move forward. You know, it also gives you great motivation to circle back to the cash flow decisions that you're making in your financial life as well. Yep. And we have a show coming up just about this this very topic of how do you set a great budget or a great cash flow plan not to be a straitjacket and prevent you from living life the way you want. It's so that you will live life the way that you want, so that you will achieve these types of goals that you and your spouse or you individually have set for yourself. That's right. Okay. So take some time. Hopefully it's today. If not, it's it, 
it's got to be over the next couple of days, right around the beginning of the year. And think about what is your primary aim? What do you want your life to truly be about? What do you want people to say about you? And then once you've got that, I'd encourage you to write it down. Once you have that, what steps do you need to take in 2020 to be on pace with that? We've heard an author say, what votes do you want to cast for yourself to be that type of person, right? So what are the actions that you can do that basically say, yep, I am that person. See, I am that person. And then prioritize that list and work with your CFP, Certified Financial Planner, to make sure you've got the right strategy to achieve those. And I would go back to the beginning of the last segment where Joshua was talking about gathering all your financial information and and looking at your net worth and comparing that to the prior year and the prior year. Because when you do that, when people are objective about their financial life, oftentimes they're surprised by the progress that they've actually made. Yeah. But that's not the story they're telling themselves. Because if, I, if I'm comparing myself to someone else or Josh is telling me, hey, you know, I just I landed on the community chest and the bank made an error in my favor and I got this 200 bucks. And I'm like, I've never gotten 200 bucks. And so, so it, it'd be easy for me to go through life telling myself a story. Well, I'm just, I'm not doing very well. And I, man, I should be doing better. And this is not work. You know, I, I tell myself these stories, but then if I, if I'm willing and it takes some emotional energy to kind of fight through this, but if I'm willing to do the work and look at the progress that I'm making, compare myself to where I was a year ago, two years ago, instead of comparing myself to anyone else, then I can see, hey, I'm making real progress. Hey, look at this. Look at my W-2. I'm making more money than I was last year. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at this. So it and that the, those those moments when you stack those moments together, that's where you get. Momentum. That's right. So you want to do things that will create momentum for you in your financial life. That's one of the things that we do at, at KFG for our clients. We, we map your net worth and capture it at least once a year. It's actually updated all the time, but we, we record a snapshot of it at least once a year so that we can record and, and look at history there because you should never look at someone else's perceived progress and try to achieve what they're doing. That is robbing you of your joy. But there's also this interesting thing with money is you, and I'm, I know you've done this. You've always thought, well, gosh, financially, things would be great if I had this much income. And then you get there and you're thinking, well, things would be great if it was a little higher. When it comes to money, financial progress is often a horizon right. and you'll yeah. never achieve it. Because it's always going to be pushed out there seven miles in the future. You need to be tracking your gains. You need to be tracking your progress. Sometimes the market doesn't give that to you. But when you're stacking those those moments together and you're looking at the full history, that's when you can see we are making progress. And, yeah, that horizon is still seven miles out there, but we're making great progress in our financial life. And so we help people with that. Your certified financial planner should help you with that. Oh my goodness, fabulous question here from Daniel about conflicting financial information from a couple different radio folks. We've got that more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. What's the right strategy when you're trying to pay off credit card debt? Do you go highest interest first or lowest balance first? This is a very interesting, great question from fan of the show. We've got that coming up in a second. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike. Here with me in the KFG studios, Josh and Kevin. If you've missed anything and you love podcasts, you'll find the Wise Money Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search the Wise Money Show and subscribe to it so that you are up to date every time we drop a new episode. Be sure to like it and uh, and share a comment as well. We appreciate it. All right, let's transition into questions from fans of the show. Daniel sent in uh, a question recently, and um, and he said, "Hey, I've sent in questions before. Here's here's another one. How would you pay credit cards off?" A radio a financial guy, also on the radio, Rick Edelman, says, "Pay the highest interest rate card off first, regardless of the payment." But Dave Ramsey says, "Pay the smallest card off first, regardless of the interest rate." Very interesting. This is um, there's a uh, there's a conflict here. And imagine that. Yeah. All right. So where does the wise money stand? Well, you want to weigh in? Uh, sure. Um, speaking of weighing in, I was I was thinking of this, and the analogy I was thinking of is is a diet. Right? Yeah. So people say, well, this is this should be your diet. This should be your diet. This should be your diet, and all different kinds of ideas. And there've been fads and other things like this. And the reality is, it it really shouldn't be a diet. It should be a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So if you make a lifestyle choice, that the end is a healthier you and it's sustainable, you'll do it. So when I look at this, I I don't think, I, Rick Edelman is one of my favorite financial guys ever. Um, I've been reading his books since I started in the business. I love uh, Dave Ramsey and everything that he has to say. I don't agree with either of them on everything. Right, right. And so, um, and that's fine. I think they're entitled to be wrong on certain things. So um, I look at this and say, what you want to have is you just want to have a plan. Uh-huh. So we and we've been talking about goals. People can't believe when they sit down and they create a plan. And I don't care what it is, you know, whether you bite the hot dog on this end or that end or bite it in the middle, get get it eaten. Right. So, so don't, it, it, don't eat your hot dog from, from the middle. Is that out. one of the diets you're referring to? The all hot dog diet? Yes. So, anyways, um, I, I think what you have to have is you have to have a plan. And really, Daniel, what I would encourage you to do when you think of lifestyle is as soon as those credit cards are paid off, don't ever carry a balance. Mm-hmm. Credit card interest is for chumps. We're, we're going to tell you how to avoid credit card debt forever next week on the Wise Money Show. Okay, Josh, how would you weigh in? What would you say? Well, okay, so if if we define these or give them a label, Dave Ramsey has for ages uh, taught the, the debt snowball approach. And his approach says, and, and he didn't make this up, but he's made it popular, um, he says that you order up all of your debts and you begin paying the smallest debt first. You put all available cash flow on that smallest debt. 
so that you can eliminate that payment. And by freeing up a payment along with all the extra cash, you now pile the money onto the next payment. And so the the attitude or the the rationale behind it is I want to get to an early win. I, I need some encouragement along the way because you may have a, a lot of debt and you might say, boy, this could take years uh, to be fully debt free. And so I, I need to have some milestones along the way that I can celebrate. And by going with the smallest balances first, you rack up some early wins to build momentum and encouragement along the way. To validate that lifestyle choice or to cast votes for this new you. That's exactly. right. That's, that's right. Exactly. Um, Rick Edelman is right if the goal is to get out of the debt fastest. Mm-hmm. Because mathematically, I mean, there, there's no argument. If you pay off the highest interest rate uh, debt first, you will shave a little bit of time off compared to the debt snowball approach. We call this the debt avalanche approach. And sometimes it's harder. It takes maybe a little bit more discipline. You have to be more self-motivated because what if your highest balance is the one with the highest interest rate? Well, good grief. Get after that thing, right? Mm -hmm. But it might just be a long time before you can even have your first celebration that some of the debt is gone. Yeah, that one might take three years, and then the rest of them are done in, you know, one and a half. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We've seen scenarios where um, we've helped clients to customize the, the order because neither debt snowball or debt avalanche is the exact right scenario for them. There may be something about a certain debt that makes it public enemy number one in your life, so you attack it first. But the, the point is, I, I go back to what Kevin said. He, he said it right. You have to have a plan. Mm. And these are rules of thumb, right? So if you don't have a plan and you don't want to have a creative approach to your plan, just do one of these. And either one is going to lead to you being debt-free only if, as you wipe out the debt, you don't bring new debt into your life. And so this really is a behavioral question. It's one of the reasons why if you're not sure which way to go, I would lean towards the Dave Ramsey debt snowball approach, just because I want you getting excited about being debt free and then staying debt free in your financial life. Daniel, you're, oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, Daniel, when I said uh, in credit card interest is for chumps, I'm not calling you a chump. I'm just saying, think about that. You don't want to be yeah. a chump yeah. because um, the interest rates that you pay make everything that you bought with that credit card so much more expensive. And you, if you looked back, you'd say, I would never buy it if I had to pay that. Well, the other interesting thing, we've been talking about your future and your future self. Buying things on credit card is actually taking money from your future self. That's right. And if you're trying to set goals or you have a, have a primary aim for this life you want to lead, but you're going you're gonna to take their money yeah. The, the future use money, that's going to be harder to achieve. Daniel, we're going three for three here. So I, each of us are saying, yeah. you've got to apply this to your specific situation. We actually have a tool where we can just toggle between snowball, avalanche, custom approach, and, and then tailor it to the individual to say, do you have some cash on hand that we can get an early victory? Or what do we know about your situation already that proves you are self-motivated? Or no, we need some early wins. And we can craft a very specific plan just for you. So they're both great ideas. Just again, you've got to apply it the right way to your specific situation. One plan. One plan. And Daniel, if you struggle with this, 
don't don't feel alone. Most people struggle with this, and most people don't have a plan. So if you're asking, that may suggest you don't have a plan. If you don't have a plan, most people require an external stimulus to be successful with this. And some people can kind of bumble and fumble and stumble along over, you know, 5, 10, 15 years and kind of work it out. But that's a lot of wasted time. I would not waste a minute. I'd pick up the phone and call a certified financial planner and say, hey, I need some help putting together a plan that works for me. All right, real quick. Do you do you add student loans to your debt snowball? He mentions credit cards. Do you add student loans? Do you have do you add car loans? All of it. Yeah. Yes. It, and the mortgage? Yeah. Yes. It it is the highest balance. So on a debt snowball, for many people it's the highest balance. So it would be last in line most often. It also frequently is the lowest interest rate debt in a lot of people's lives. So in either scenario, mortgage is probably one of the last things that you're paying off. Mm. But um, I, I say, hey, don't don't just shoot for being consumer debt-free. Be debt-free. And yes, you, you want to add those because you want to look at – when you look at the columns and you say, oh, cool, this is paid off in a year and a half, and that's paid off in three years. But that I'm going 23 years to get that paid off at that rate. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, it can let your present self make decisions that put your future self in a much better position. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. What a perfect question to fit in this show, though. I mean, this is one of the goals that many people set for themselves. And, you know, you might might be thinking as we enter into a new year here, man, I, I really want to have debt in the rearview mirror. I, I don't want this in my financial life. Maybe you're already worried about the, the Christmas uh, credit card that's going to be coming soon. But to me, you have to approach this in the context of a financial plan. So if there's any New Year's resolution to set, any goal to set for yourself, it's to reach out and begin a financial planning relationship with someone who can guide you to the wins for your life. Yeah, that's the right place to end. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for being with us. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and myself, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.